When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, even though we might not think of it as such, the aquarium hobby is all about process and change. As we've gone deeper and deeper into the practice of natural botanical style aquariums, we've gained a lot more confidence with them, the inevitable benefit of experience. And sometimes experience breeds content or even complacency. And that's when we have to be careful. Relying on natural processes and fostering them in our aquariums without understanding the operating system can lead to some bad outcomes on occasion. I mean, just because you've decided to go down the road of adding leaves and seed pods and bark to your aquarium doesn't mean that it's all peachy and that a successful aquarium is just guaranteed. You need to have an understanding of the why and the how part of this. Just what is it you're trying to accomplish? You still have to follow all the basic rules and tenets of aquarium husbandry. Just because we're playing with a different system and embracing a different look and a function in our tanks doesn't mean that you can just blow off every husbandry principle that we've developed in the hobby for the past, I don't know, past century. If you do, it's likely that bad shit can happen. Nature can be a rather unforgiving place. We've discussed this idea many times in regards to our hobby. Like how if you flaunt nature and blow off her rules and proceed forward without due regard for or understanding of her processes, you're going to get your ass handed to you. We've seen it tens of thousands of times over the years in the hobby. We'll likely see it thousands of times more in the future too. And it's not all bad, really. I mean, think about this. Sometimes the lessons learned from these misadventures and the surprisingly easy ways to resolve them can yield some practical, even transformative results. Yes, they can. If we try to understand, then solve the problem. If we don't quit. And quite frankly, I've been surprised over the decades by just how many so-called problems can be solved in accordance by simply not doing some radical moves. In fact, I've been surprised by how many things that we label as problems that aren't really problems. For example, by enduring the ugly early phases of a tank or waiting out the initial bloom of fungal growth and biofilms and understanding and appreciating them, or by persevering in an algal bloom after educating yourself what caused it in the first place, etc. These are things that you can, you can, you know, solve easily. Adjusting our tolerances to how much we can actually handle and understanding that some of the stuff that we see as unsightly isn't. Rather, that it's exactly what you see in nature and what you should expect. You generally need to just hold, to write it out, to wait, be patient. Now, sure, some stuff that happens in our aquariums needs immediate action. Disease outbreaks, you know, uh, heater malfunctions, aggressive fishes, stuff like that. Other things require something that just not every hobbyist has in his or her toolkit. The ability to look beyond the immediate and to understand what could have caused the situation and then to understand that the simple passage of time is a great fix for many things patience, and a little faith. Faith enough to just write it out. 
yeah, I know that's hard for a lot of us. And I know certainly writing it out isn't gonna work in every single situation, but in a surprisingly large amount of situations, it's the exact right move to do. Intervening, not always the right thing. Often excessive intervention in biological processes in an attempt to fix them ends up circumventing some other vital aspect of the process to the detriment of the entire aquarium ecosystem. As I've said many, many times, removing decomposing botanicals, for example, deprives some of the beneficial organisms in our system their food source, which has broader implications for the ecology of your tank and its occupants. Yes, many times we simply need to wait through things which seem to be wrong to us because of our experience in the hobby. However, they're often totally normal in nature, yet just outside of what we've come to expect in the hobby. A case in point, some of those substrate experiments I played with with my urban agapo idea I shared with you many times over the past few years. This is stuff that I had been working on for years before, and it reached a point where I just taught myself to expect certain things to happen and to understand that they will pass or change over time if I leave things alone. It was about looking at things differently and not letting our biases, or in this case, my biases, or the burden of past ex, you know, experiences taint the outlook. For example, the substrate formulations that I developed for nature-based agapo and nature-based varzea are designed to be part of a process, perhaps even a technique of taking a tank, a tank through various phases, um, a, a dry terrestrial phase, then a gradual inundation period, then a full aquatic phase, and then drying it out again. It's a different way of doing a tank and a different set of characteristics and expectations that accompany it. Can you use it simply as a substrate in a wet tank from day one? Of course, you just need to understand how it works, what to expect, you know, uh, and that's a, a bit of turbidity for a few days, a different initial outcome. One that yields some different results and takes a slightly different path to the goal we have in mind. Not bad, just different. That's all. By understanding the story behind the product and what it was intended to do, which we've talked about a lot around here over the past year or so, you can have a complete understanding of how to use it and what to expect from it, etc., etc., etc. The good, the bad, and the ugly, as we might want to call it. And the sediment-based substrate is proving pretty popular in our community with all sorts of cool experiments taking place. I'm real happy to see everybody playing with it because you understand what to expect from this stuff. You know nature will sort it out over time. It's simple in the case of nature-based. The most important thing you'll need when using this stuff is understanding a mental buy-in to a process, which kind of goes against most of what we expect from aquarium products and substrates in particular. This doesn't come with a bag of dirt, so no matter how cool the packaging is, we still have to learn about it. When you initially wet a substrate consisting of clay and soils and sediments, you realize that you're going to get a horrifically turbid, cloudy water. It could last for a few days or perhaps a week or more. And again, that's okay. Because you need to go into working with this material, understanding that it's not intended to look or function like a normal aquarium sand. That's not what it's about. You don't rinse the stuff. What do you think is going to happen when it gets wet? It involves process, patience, and the passage of time. Hell, you're not even going to use this stuff to create a typical aquarium in the first place. It's so important to understand the hows and whys of specialized aquariums when we you know, embark on these journeys, isn't it? Yeah, I know this is sounding like a little bit of an infomercial for a product, but it's not, that wasn't the point really. It's, it's more about the broader theme of process and patience. And this particular product, you know, exemplifies that really well. It's a tangible example of a process that requires not only a different outlook and a set of expectations, but a mental buy-in to a system of doing things for a reason. Sure, yet again, you can fill a tank with nature-based with water 100% full from day one. 
you'll have a super cloud of sediments and mud for a few days or maybe a week, but it's okay. Nature will simply adjust the initial outcome. Leave it alone and let nature sort it out herself. Either way, nature eventually sorts it out. Again, it's this, this mindset of kind of like almost Zen-like patience and confidence in nature, figuring shit out, is just one way of looking at and managing things. And it's not for everyone. Control freaks and you know, obsessive tinkerers need not apply. Intervention in this case is more mental than actual. We have to intervene on our kind of thinking. We need to change our thinking. Not every process has or needs a workaround. The workaround, and I say that with air quotes, is to understand what you're doing, what could happen, why it happens, and what the upside or downside of rapidly correcting it, again, air quotes, can be. The key typically is with most things in the aquarium world is simply to be patient. Despite our best efforts to fix stuff, nature almost always sorts it out and does it way better than we can. Think about the bane of most hobbyist existence, so-called nuisance algae. It's a nuisance to us because it looks like shit to us. It derails our dreams of a pristine aquarium filled with spotless plants, rocks, coral, etc. Despite all the knowledge that we have about, you know, algae being fundamental for life on Earth, it bothers the shit out of us because we think it looks bad. And collectively, as hobbyists, we freak the fuck out when it happens. We panic. We do stupid things to get rid of it as quickly as possible. We address its appearance in our tanks. Seldom do we make the effort to understand why it appeared in the first place and address the circumstances which caused it to proliferate so rapidly. And of course, in our haste to rid our tanks of it, we often fail to take into account how it actually grows. Algae will ultimately exhaust the available nutrients which caused it to appear in the first place if you take steps to eliminate resupplying them and if you wait for it to literally run its course after these issues have been addressed. We've seen this in the reef aquarium world for a generation now. It almost always passes once we address the root cause and allow it to play out on nature's time frame. Of course, as fish geeks, we want stuff to happen fast. So hundreds of products ranging from additives to filter media and exotic techniques like dosing chemicals and stuff like that have been developed to destroy algae. We throw lots of money and product at this problem when the real key would have been to address what causes it in the first place and to work with that. Yet the irony is that algae is the basis of life. In a reef tank or a freshwater tank, it's, it's a necessary component of the ecosystem. You don't need me to tell you that. Now, hobbyists will also, you know, look at this and kind of know it, but they'll often choose the quick fix to eradicate it instead of looking at the typical root causes, you know, low quality source water, which may involve investing in an RODI unit or a carbon block or whatever, the excessive nutrients caused by overfeeding or overcrowding or poor husbandry, all of which need to be addressed to be successful in the hobby anyways, or simply the influx of a large quantity of life forms like fresh live rock in the case of a reef or substrate or botanicals in our case or corals fishes whatever into a brand new tank with insufficient biological nutrient export mechanisms in place to handle it and often a quick kill upsets the biological balance of the tank throwing it into a further round of chaos which takes longer to sort itself out and it will sort itself out it could take a very long time it could result in a very unattractive tank for a while it could kill some fishes or plants I mean, nature mounts a comeback at nuclear test sites, right? You don't think that she could bring back your tank from an overdose of algicide? She can and she will, in due time. 
Once these things are understood and the root causes addressed, the best and most successful way to resolve the algae issues long term is to simply be patient and wait it out after you've corrected that stuff. We, you know, wait for nature to adjust on her terms, on her time frame. She seeks a balance. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but it's true. So it's really about making the effort to understand stuff, to buy into a process, nature's process, to have reasonable expectations of how things work based on the way nature handles stuff, not on our desire to have a quick, you know, insta-famous aquascape filled with natural-looking broken in botanicals two weeks after the tank's set up or whatever. It's about realizing that the key ingredients in a successful hobby experience are usually not lots of money and gear. The key ingredients are education, understanding, technique, and coupled with a healthy dose of patience and observation. Doing things differently requires a different mental approach. We work with nature by attempting to understand her, by accommodating her needs, not forcing her to conform to ours, which she won't do in the manner that we want anyway. Nature will typically sort stuff out if we make the effort to understand the processes behind her work. And if we show her, you know, we allow her to do it on her time frame, not ours. Again, intervention is sometimes required on our part to address urgent matters like disease, poisoning, etc., all that stuff. However, for many aquarium issues, simply educating ourselves well in advance, having proper expectations about what will happen, and above all, being patient while nature works the issues is the real cure. So yeah, in our world, it's never a bad idea to let nature sort it out. She's done a pretty good job at it for billions of years. No sense in bailing out on her now, right? And people ask me why I cringe and react so negatively when I see commercial brands and hobby groups, etc. make prosaic statements like, we're inspired by nature, or we seek to replicate nature, or we must bow before nature, all that kind of stuff in their marketing or whatever. It's not because I think I'm all badass and that they're all stupid and I'm the only guy that gets this. No, no, no. Of course not. It's because touting the look of nature without accepting and understanding the processes and aesthetics that she utilizes in order to achieve them is really only half the story. Sanitizing and editing nature to ignore or bypass the parts that we find offensive somehow is missing the whole point. I'm not saying that we all have to have PhDs in biology to appreciate nature. I'm not saying that a truly successful aquarium can only be achieved when the tank looks like shit. I'm merely saying that we need to really make the effort to understand natural processes more. What causes them? What they mean? Why they create the look that they do? A simple idea, yet it's something that I think will yield enormous benefits to us as aquarium hobbyists. We simply need to push ourselves a bit harder to understand rather than just buying into some marketing hyperbole or regurgitating the mono's words and philosophies without actually considering them and making the effort to understand just what the hell he meant by them. We need to look at nature as it really is. We need to make the effort to understand her processes. We need to accept the way she looks and functions. Without accepting all this stuff that we as aquarists think is ugly, you know, biofilms, tinted water, decomposition, algae, patinas, etc., etc., we simply deny ourselves the opportunity to truly understand and appreciate her wonders, to learn how she really works and how to truly work with her, most important of all. Yet these are things that require a mental shift, a buy-in to her process. We talked about this a million times, I get it. Work with her, not against her. We've said it thousands and thousands of times here over the years, and we'll no doubt say it again and again to the point where you're probably sick of hearing it because it's so damn fundamental to what we do. But, you know, buy into this mindset. 
learn, understand, let nature sort it out without our intervention. Trust me, it'll change your hobby experience for the better, forever. Stay studious, stay observant, stay patient, stay diligent, stay open-minded, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin. Thank you.